This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Fender Bender on Joy 94.9. Revving up the weekends with news and views on all things motoring. I like that guy. He sounds uh, he sounds a bit professional, doesn't he? I wish I could sound that good, actually. But uh, anyway, you're just going to have to put up with me. This is Joy 94.9. Thank you so much to the guys on Critical Hit. Always love hearing the, uh, the whatever game track they have to play out on. My name is Daniel Gardner. If you're not used to this accent by now, you bloody well should be. And this is Fender Bender on Joy 94.9. Stay with me for the next hour. We've got uh, tons of talk. We've got 60 minutes worth of car nut talk. Uh, I've been doing some interesting things in the week, and my two guests have also too. We're going to be chatting to them a little bit later. We've got all the usual car news and we've got some reviews coming up, some interesting cars we've been getting behind the wheel of. Very lucky to be uh, uh, in and around the country doing various things. So stay with us. It's an hour on Fender Bender. Uh, My name is Daniel Gardner and stick with us. And it is Saturday afternoon, which means it's plenty of time for cars, the things that I like. I'm very excited. I'm very excited because I'm at Joy and I just love Joy. But I'm joined by some people in the studio very special guests. You will have heard them before if you're a regular listener to Fender Bender. It gives me great pleasure to introduce the fabulous Kez Casey, the man who I always say has the name of a Hollywood superstar. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, sir. Lovely to have you back with us. Lovely to be here. Excellent. Now, uh, you have a guest. I'm going to briefly introduce uh, our other guest, but then I'm coming straight back to you because there's big news mm. about the fabulous Kez Casey. We are joined also in the studio by Paul Marek. Thank you very much Hello. for being back. This is your second. You're now fully loosened up That's on right, Fender Bender, aren't you? I've recovered. I'm, I'm walking again, <laughs> and, and I'm really gra- glad to be here. Excellent. Lovely to have you back with us. We have uh, representatives of uh, Car Advice and... TMR. Now, that's what we're going to talk about, Kez. You have recently... Now, you've been a journalist for a long time. You're, you're, you're an excellent operator. We've done a couple of launches together. But there's some great news in, in your uh, in your team at the moment, isn't there? There is. Um, as part of an expansion at the Motor Report, uh, where previously I was um, a part-time contributor, I've stepped things up a little bit, and I'll be joining the ranks full-time from Monday morning. Absolutely fantastic news. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, now, this is good news for two reasons. One is obviously we get more of you and we get more coverage from the fabulous Kez Casey. The other good news is you can now start talking about Mercedes. I can. Because previously (laughs) you were working for Mercedes, weren't you? Previously I was an employee of Mercedes uh, and one of the stipulations as part of that was that I had to keep my trap shut. Which is completely fair enough. But it was so annoying because we'd have you on the show and it always seems whenever we get you on the show we have millions of Mercedes to talk about. You just sit there in silence. (laughs) And I'd have to fall silent and just look on today today is no exception we've got plenty of mercedes to talk about i uh ticked one of my lifetime ambition boxes i'll be telling you a little bit about that later Uh, and you guys have been driving some cool stuff as well so we'll get around to that a little bit later but before that we're going to get on with some news if you want to get in touch it's very easy 0427 joy 949 is the text or you can email on air at joy.org.au i promise to read out all of the really interesting ones and probably just all of them because we like messages (laughs) 
Okay, on to the news. Uh, and now we start with some bad news. Uh, it's to do with one of our local manufacturers and Holden. Now, Paul, tell us a little bit about Holden. They've not had some great news, have they? No, it's it's not fantastic. Holden's just announced a two hundred and fifty-five point two million dollar loss. Ouch! Which is which is hard. Um, it, it is sort of where they were expecting to be, and and the loss comes about with uh, redundancies. They've they've had to pay out a number of workers that that have been made redundant as as the Commodore uh, production draws to an end. Locally, uh, so that, I mean that's that's where that comes from, and it's it's an unfortunate reality of, of where Australian manufacturing is, uh, and it'll be a speed hump that we have to get over before we get sort of back to smooth sailing again. And you know that's assuming it does get back to smooth sailing again. I mean, is it going to? I mean, yes, we've got a refreshed lineup coming for Holden. We've got lots of European source models. Um, we were talking about the Astra just before we went yep. on air. You know, a car that people seem to be liking quite a lot. But can they ever get back to the glory days? That's the question. Look, I, I don't know. It's it's one of those tough ones because you look at the Commodore. It is such a great car. Mm. Every time I hop into it, I'm like, oh, I just have to buy one. And then I don't. And I think that's <laughs> that's perhaps the reality most people face because they're, they're big cars and you don't need them. And unless Holden can really target the market with relevant vehicles, um, I, I don't know how they'll turn it around. The uh, you know like about to say a little pearl of wisdom there. Are you going to say that? No. Okay, we'll leave no, it. No. I've, I've well wisdom. I wouldn't say so much, but you know it's it's to be expected. You see, uh, Ford will be doing the same thing. Toyota will be doing the same thing. They've got, as Paul said, redundancies to pay for. They've got asset write downs as they close facilities and and taxpayer try to money to pay them. back. Oh, taxpayer oh, money to pay okay. back from uh, <laughs> from green innovation loans and similar incentives. Oh dear. So you know it, it's going to be probably like this for a few more years um, and even with grand sales targets that might make it harder to turn the balance books around. Something that's not making it any better is uh, other bit of news that came out this week is that one of the major Holden dealerships um, in Victoria, Penfold, has handed back their Holden franchise. They have got a couple other car brands on on the books, um, but they were negotiating with Holden to try and reduce the size of their footprint. They have got unrealistic targets in their opinion, so they wanted to downscale but keep the dealership, keep the franchise. And Holden said no, um, it's their their way or the highway, and so. Uh, they went for the latter. They have taken on Volkswagen uh, franchise instead. So um, it's not very good news all round, really. That was a significant dealership, and they have handed it back. So whether we see this a vote of confidence or precisely the opposite, I don't know. Well, it's an interesting one. Now, I was at the Insignia launch a few weeks ago and spoke to some senior Holden executives there, and they're currently going through the process of uh, rationalising dealerships and uh, transforming the customer experience. So instead of a customer coming into a dingy dealership and being treated like crap, they want to turn that around. So perhaps... This is part of that. I don't know. Uh, that's you know completely unofficial, but it sure. could be for the better. You Quite never possibly. Um, if you've had a good or bad, positive or negative experience with Holden or any dealership for that matter, let us know. I'd really like to hear mm. what your opinion is. Oh four two seven joy nine four nine is the text, so you can email on air at joy.org.au. Yeah, because you often you know, we we need to hear feedback from customers. You guys are the bosses out there. You know, it's a, it's a buyer's market. So let us know. Um, moving on to some better news. Now uh, we talked about how Holden, Ford, and Toyota are all on their way out, but there are still local manufacturers here working within the automotive industry. And we've had a couple of really good bits of news just recently. Now, um, anyone who likes American cars and muscle cars will know the Ford Mustang is coming to Australia in right-hand drive for the first time in its 50-year history. Uh, And the Americans have made a particularly bonkers version called the Shelby Mustang GT350R. It's got a fabulously high revving V8 engine in it. It's got lots of other lightweight parts on it, including... 
a set of carbon fibre wheels, which are made in good old Australia. Yeah. So of all the places in the world, the Americans came to Australia and they decided that what they do in Geelong at Carbon Revolution, is the name of the company, uh, is good enough for the highest power and highest performing Mustang ever created. So very good news there, Carbon Revolution. Absolutely awesome news. And, and I'm from Geelong and uh, I know that when we were younger... I thought you had that look in your eyes. A lot of my friends stole wheels, so it's good to see that they're actually <laughs> doing things now to make it better. They're an incredible bit of equipment. They, um, they've had to put through them. Uh, Ford, obviously, are very particular with their quality standards, and um, they put them through numerous. They worked with the team in America and also uh, the Australian team, and they came up with a series of tests. They X-ray them. Uh, there's 63 different checks that's done on each wheel. They're embedded with a little chip so that you can uh, monitor. It. Everything is recorded. And they even did a test called uh, the curb test, which is where you have to deliberately drive the <laughs> wheel into a curb. It must feel awful. Can you imagine being that tester? Yeah, if you're my wife, it's just normal. <laughs> oh, Paul! <laughs> mean. If Paul's Pretty safe to say I could never have that job, that's for certain. No, I can't do it. On it, principle it, alone, I'm I'd sorry. I'd be exactly the same. You're just going to have to fire me. I'd be exactly the same. The um, the test engineer that did it, though, actually want, requested to actually redo the test, repeat it, because the reaction of the wheel and the suspension was so good that he thought he hadn't they done it correctly. something had gone wrong yeah, in the test. That's yeah, that's right. Because uh, the wheels are so light, they get out of the way really quickly, the suspension is so responsive. So it's an incredible performance modification. Um, and the thing to remember with this is carbon fibre is known for being strong and light, but it's also incredibly brittle. So there's a lot of technical challenges involved in making a wheel because it deals with a lot of impacts. It's got a lot of vibration. It's got a lot of forces that a carbon fibre chassis doesn't have to deal with. So it's an entirely different uh, set of rules and applications to do this. And to have that engineering expertise in Australia is very impressive, I think. Absolutely right. And uh, and the news just goes, goes on getting better because on the very same pre precinct that Carbon Revolution is based in Geelong, there's another company called Quickstep that also specialise in carbon fibre components and they've just scored a big contract with a local manufacturer. The The rumour is it's, it's uh, Holden and they're going to be making a few thousand parts in carbon fibre for underbonnet components. We don't know what they are, but they're going in a special edition vehicle, most likely it's going to be a Commodore Special Edition, a lot like the Craig Lowndes Edition. So, so there we go. On the one precinct, we've got two really good news stories. So while we always talk about, you know, the, the dark days of motor manufacturing in Australia, it's good to reflect and realise that there are still some good, good news stories out there. Go Geelong. Absolutely right. <laughs> Gentlemen, will you stick right there? Don't go anywhere because we're going to go just to a little break and we'll be right back to continue on talking some news. Do you like cars? Do you like bending stuff? And listen to Fender Bender on Saturday afternoons. You're on Fender Bender. This is Joy 94.9. My name is Daniel. We were talking the news before the break. And, well, what do you know? We're going to carry on talking the news. Uh, moving on to overseas news and Lamborghini. Now, Lamborghini, they are fabulously powerful. Uh, they use lots of petrol. Uh, and uh, they are probably very bad for the environment. However, the factory in which they're made is now certified carbon neutral. Yes, they have been able to now certify themselves as having a zero carbon footprint for making Lamborghinis. Now, isn't that lovely? That's pretty impressive when you consider the amount of effort and energy that's involved in making any car. Uh, and I'd wager that uh, thanks to the complexity and the high-tech engineering in a Lamborghini, there's probably a lot of energy and effort goes into that. Uh, so to remove that from the factory, and this is officially certified, um, is... You know, it's a step in the right direction, I guess, when you look at the social impact that, that uh, a Lamborghini, which uses more fuel than you or I would rationally consider, 
Um, well, you hang know, on, hang on. Speak for yourself. You, uh, yeah. I consider all fuel, I'm cool fuel use yeah, <laughs> completely legitimate. Isn't actually. it ironic, though? That is. It is. It's a really interesting kind of uh, turnaround on, on, you know, global impact, I guess. Yeah. I, I think it's so cool, and I've been to the Lambo factory in... Oh, what? Now, hold on, I'll, I'll try and pronounce this without sounding like a, a tosser, but... Don't, uh, well, I'm going to sound like an absolute wanker later. Santagata so Bolognese, or whatever oh, okay, it's right. yeah, gotcha. So, I've been there, and um, as, as a straight man, I, I, I love the receptionist. They, it's like the hiring process <laughs> so is, shallow. if you're not a 12, uh, don't even bother. Uh, but the factory, <laughs> you could literally eat off the floor. It is, it is a stunning place, and it's so cool to see that they've now gone carbon neutral. I love it. Absolutely Fantastic. Love it. They've They've done this through generating uh, all the power they need on site through relatively clean means. They're using gas to uh, to generate electricity, but they're going to uh, eventually progress on to and transition over to using um, what are they going to use? LPG, I think, or biogas yep. or something. Uh, so yeah, they're they're not they're not stopping there. They're going to actually now and try and put their carbon footprint into reverse. So, so it's a little bit more than a few solar panels on the roof and extra trees <laughs> in the driveway. Absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah, it takes a bit more than that. But yeah. anyway, maybe one day they'll start making a hybrid and then their cars won't be horrendous for the environment. Yes. Uh, speaking of uh, high power, then uh, we were talking a little while ago about the Mercedes. Here we go, Kez. Mercedes. Here we go. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Mercedes A45 AMG. So it's the entry-level AMG vehicle. It's got a 2-litre turbocharged engine and we reported recently that it's going to get more power. And that good news has continued over to the closely related GLA and CLA45, which share the same engines and a lot of the same components. That is also going to get the power boost up to... 280 kilowatts. And 475 newton metres. From a four-banger. From a 2-litre four-cylinder. Where is it coming from? How do they do... What exactly have they sacrificed There's for that? like a Golf GTI in the boot or something. I, <laughs> I'd like to tell you that there's a lot of uh, technical German engineering, but actually it's just magic. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. It's easy it's to get your head around that, isn't it? I don't have to think about how it works. If you just tell me it's magic, that's fine. Yeah. Surely they're at the limits for that engine. I mean, how much more can you get out of a four-cylinder engine? This is 280 kilowatts. Like, 10 years ago, club sports were at 170 kilowatts. And, and that was boasting. impressive. Like, yeah. That was huge. Yeah. You, were, you were the boss, you know, driving one of those. Now you can be in a little, little A-class and be tearing up the road and... <laughs> It's amazing, isn't it? I think you'll find... Well, that, uh, for comparison, a SS Commodore with a 6-litre V8 is 260 kilowatts in an auto or 270 yeah. in a manual. And this weighs less so than that as well. this weighs less than that. It has all-wheel drive, so arguably it's got a better handle on the road. Uh, but I think the threat is there's an Audi RS3 on the way, uh, which may have pushed the 265 limits uh, under the radar a little bit so rather than fall victim to that Benz has just gone you know what bugger it we'll throw some extra kilowatts at it and everyone's happy so in the uh, motor industry we have an expression for those listeners who haven't heard it called a grenade which is an engine that is very very highly strung under the bonnet and threatens to go bang at any moment I wonder how long these you know Mercedes they're very good at building a reliable car they may well I'm completely certain they've got it all sewn up it's a hand built engine in a Faltebach in Germany Um, but however I always like to jump in at this point and say while Mercedes claim that this is the most powerful series produced four cylinder I like to say Mitsubishi oh and a little while ago they made a yes. car in the UK called the FQ400 oh yes of course that's right and that was a two litre four cylinder yep. and the 400 stood for how many horsepowers is mm. it made that's right and I can't work out in my head exactly how many kilowatts that is but it's a bit more than 280 yeah well and, and I mean that's the uh, Evo has always been the, the sure. four cylinder monster so you know that, that maybe, yeah, 
There you go. <laughs> Moving on to another Mercedes. The GLC is now out there. It was unveiled in Germany um, just last week. And uh, they announced at the same time it will be coming here at a price of 64500 which is pretty pretty hot price, really, when you go into that area of the uh, the Australian uh, segment market. Sorry, that's mid-sized SUVs. Mm. It goes up against the Audi Q5, the BMW X3, um, which are all, surprise, surprise, price around the same yep. point. Are we excited about this car? I, I definitely am, um, just because uh, we we couldn't get the GLK. Uh, that, that was like a, a car right. that, that never came here. It wasn't in right-hand drive. So it's good to see that Mercedes-Benz has explored that option, and I think it will do extremely well. Q5 is one of Audi's best-selling cars. So it's, yeah, it's a good time for it. I am excited. I saw it unveiled officially in Germany when I was there last, whenever it was, a few, six weeks ago now, and it was unveiled at the Hugo Boss Centre headquarters <laughs> on the catwalk of all places. Can you imagine? These are guys have a lot of high expectations for this car. Anyway, yes, I'm sure it'll do very well here. Uh, now then, I'm going to do this. No. Fender Bender, guaranteed to leave skid marks? Yes, questionatively, <laughs> skid marks. Now, this week, gentlemen, I ticked one of my all-time lifetime to-dos because I went to the launch of a very special car. It's another Mercedes, I'm afraid. Sorry, it's just like, welcome to the Mercedes-Benz edition of Fender Bender. Sorry about this. But this is an important car. Now, we, all, we always talk about the Porsche 911 and how it, it has such a stronghold on the sports car market around the world, not just Australia. So Mercedes decided they were going to do something about it, and they created a car called the AMG GT. Now, that car has come to Australia, and I did get to drive it. You're, you know that uh, for, for anyone that's not in the studio, which is everyone that's listening, you're getting death stares from every single direction at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> now, I should tell you a little bit more about why I'm getting these evil looks from my guests. That is because Mercedes decided not to go to some lo- arrow straight road in the Northern Territory. They didn't decide to go to some kind of Tasmanian windy road. They closed the Mount Panorama circuit at Bathurst and allowed us to drive round at unlimited <sighs> speeds. So the holy grail, in other words, of Australian motor or motorsport pretty much arguably the holy grail of sports cars at the moment pretty much yes i'm putting on my best smug face over (laughs) here right now you're lucky there's a desk between you and me i can tell you (laughs) what yeah what do you do with your feet under i'll come at you i'll come at you don't worry there's ways he's gonna leap over and attack me yeah Uh, no look i'm trying to sound as humble as possible here but it was basically one of the greatest things i've ever done the weather was absolutely appalling um which actually made it better because you've got 375 kilowatts going through the rear wheels alone from a fabulous twin turbocharged v8 four liters it's the same engine that goes in the cl sorry the c63 the c-class based mercedes uh, and i had the privilege of driving around circuit now i can safely say gentlemen i have never been so utterly <laughs> terrified in my entire life were you driving yes <laughs> yes that's I the reason <laughs> yeah no don't worry it gets worse but um look this car is fabulous in every way i'd really like the way it looks there's some really good innovative technology in there um its performance is staggering it's under four seconds zero to 100 not in the wet looks though insane because it does look yeah. fantastic doesn't it if guys if you're listening and you want to know what we're talking about do look up the amg gt in australia we only get the s version which has got more power um and trust me trying to get all that power onto a wet <laughs> circuit is quite a feat and it would wheel spin in first second and third oh, um and was utterly terrifying uh, on the bathurst circuit on mount panorama which is a circuit i've always been in love with it is 
sheer fear all the way around because you have a combination of really high speed straights and then uh, really tricky corners with off camber uphill and downhill uh, and all the time you're surrounded by these huge concrete walls foreboding sight um and uh, look i managed to get around without binning a three hundred thousand dollar <laughs> sports car Good. mainly because there was a v8 supercar driver sat in the passenger seat telling me what to do and what definitely not, not to do, to do. <laughs> Uh, at one point, I did get it a little bit wrong on the exit of the chase. I got oh, the yes. I got the, the power on just a little bit early, and uh, let's just say the old brown adrenaline was flowing <laughs> quite, quite nicely there. What did your life look like as it flashed before your eyes? It was it was fabulous. Yeah, I can can you imagine. imagine my life? Yeah, because you're amazing. at the wheel of an AMG GT. Totally. Yeah, I'm just such a glamorous lady, you know. You I just really are. I, yeah. No anyway, look. I mean, I managed to get all the way around, um, and the car is fantastic. It, as I say, it's here for three hundred thousand um, dollars. They're not going for huge volume with this car. Uh, but what they do say it's going to do is act as a halo. Now, Mercedes used to have the SLS, which was a yeah. fabulous. It was a proper supercar. Um, that's now discontinued. And they're not saying it's a replacement for that, but they do still need a halo. And that's what the GT is going to do. It's going to sit at the top of the pile of AMG and Mercedes-Benz and, and say, look, this is what we can do. If you want a part of the action, you can either buy the GT or you can buy one of our lesser models, like yep. an A45, for example. Yep. That's all every bit in AMG. And, do you know, I think it will work. What do you guys think? Well, just on the topic of that event, um, one of my uh, friends was there. Uh, he's a customer, and he showed me a picture of the lineup. There was something like fifteen GTs. Mm. There was something like ten or fifteen other AMGs from the range. Everything from an A forty five to you know an S AMG. That event would have cost a bucket load of cash for Mercedes Can to put on. Can you imagine? So they must be very confident of the AMG brand in the Australian market. Absolutely. And they've got every right to. I mean, they sell here more per capita yep. AMG models than anywhere else in the world. We are absolutely we, we are hungry for them. Um, we are AMG-holics. Yeah. So for those guys who are listening don't understand, um, the Bathurst track is actually a public road. It's technically a yep. street circuit because you can drive around it most times of the year. Um, Except there's a lot more police. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of police there. Um, and so, yes, it would cost a phenomenal amount of money to close the circuit they had it for a whole week closed that's crazy they moved in as you say there was 85 amg vehicles that on is site insane. there were 60 professional driving instructors to accompany around it was just phenomenal i mean it I've, must have been in the millions I, oh easily i would say i did also drive the c63 the new one that was the first time in that car as well and it was equally fabulous um but i do have one more little thing to talk about <laughs> yeah, but i'm on. not going to tell you just yet i'm going to tell you after another short break Oh, Sophie Ellis Baxter, why don't you answer my letters? <laughs> Do you think she's put off because I stand outside her house so much? Is it it's the, more because you go to the window. Is, is it because you sing along thinking that she'll be impressed that you know her entire catalogue? That was, if you hadn't picked it already, Sophie Ellis Baxter, Murder on the Dance Floor. You are listening to Fender Vendor on Joy 94.9. My name is Daniel. Joined in the studio by the fabulous Paul and Kez. And before the break, we were talking about the best thing I have ever done in my life. Quite simply, I drove a very fast Mercedes around the Mount Panorama circuit at Bathurst, but that actually was to be followed by something slightly better. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm sat there, I've just done a drive in a C63, which before the break we were talking and saying that's a, it's a really accomplished car, fantastic. Hopped out, and the uh, senior PR for Mercedes said, keep your helmet on, just come over here, just get in this car. And I was like, no, 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 this is the wrong side of the car to get in. The steering wheel's on the other side. He said, no. No, you sit in the passenger seat, and who should get in the other side? Five times MotoGP champion Mick Doohan. Oh, God. Wow, and he legend. decided we were going for just a little meander around the circuit. You know, just, just pottering along. Just Nothing a bit of too sightseeing. serious. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Sightseeing. <laughs> I thought my, seated, my heated seat was on. It was my sweat. 
I was absolutely uh, petrified. It is so Mick Dillon is known for two wheels, but yeah. if you're that good on two, you're pretty good on four as well. And absolutely, I have never seen anyone drive any car like it anywhere in the world. Uh, and it was just me sat there. Um, it what a remarkable driver in in the hissing rain he found grip on that circuit that previously had felt like ice in my hands um he was doing the hill up and down in a way that i've never seen done before it felt like supercar v8 supercar pace uh and he and just as one last little treat you got the thing completely sideways on the exit of the final <laughs> turn onto pit straight and yeah uh so awesome <laughs> what a fabulous car what a fabulous man what a fabulous circuit it's basically I, i'm ready to die now I've yeah everything you're I done need. i'll tick that Bucket off yeah. list is sorted completely yeah. <laughs> Anyway, back to more terrestrial matters. Let's talk about a car that we drove uh, a little while ago, a couple of weeks ago, Paul. Uh, the Audi. Oh, so good. Audi TT Roadster. Absolutely. So the TT we've had for a few months now. The Roadster is the convertible version. And uh, and we drove that on the Creation Road, didn't we? I was I was thinking it's going to be to be average. Uh, the last car was great, but not, not amazing as a convertible. And I thought given Great Ocean Road in winter, it will just be raining, wet, cold, boring. Anyway, we get there and it is literally sunbeaming, uh, roof goes off and I don't know about you, but I was I was in automotive nirvana, just having that that beautiful uh, two litre four cylinder turbocharged engine cracking through the gears, uh, available of course only as an all wheel drive, starting at 81500 bucks. What do you reckon about the price? Well, see, on first examination, that sounds quite steep, doesn't it? It does. But yeah. actually, when you think about it, what does that car compete with? It doesn't really have... Z4, and that's over 100 grand. D- okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, Z4 is rear drive, as you say, the Quattro, four-wheel drive. Um, I suppose, yeah. Did you see me? Sorry, I did, I did a little burp then. Sorry about that. Did you <laughs> it, just hear that? Don't mind us. That was really terrible. I am so sorry, everyone listening. <laughs> you just basically heard the inside of my stomach. Um, so, yes, not too many competitors. The Z4, as you quite rightly say, is comparable performance. It is rear-wheel drive. It's a bit small, though, isn't it? The TT sort of feels a bit... But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the TT, the, the boot is only something like, what is it, 30 litres down on the coupe, yeah. uh, which is incredible. The, the roof retracts and, and opens in 10 seconds and can be done up to 50 k's an hour. That is pretty rapid, isn't it? You've got neck heaters. Yeah. Now, you know. yeah, they call it neck level heating, don't they? Because Mercedes <laughs> has coined the air scarf, yeah. which is the best, best term for it. Um, I found it completely fine. I mean, we were, as you say, it was a so pretty good. chilly day. It got down to about seven degrees up on the, on the hills. And with the windows up, heated seats on, uh, sorry, neck level heating, not the air scarf <laughs> on. It was, you could, you could drive every day as long as it's not raining. And any, even when it did start raining a little bit, you just drive a bit faster and it all blows over the top. Absolutely. There's like a terminal velocity of rain. Uh, but zero to 105.6 <laughs> seconds. And Lovely. that's thanks to that all wheel drive system. Uh, I found that it was quite competent. It handled beautifully. Um, and that, uh, 12 point something inch, uh, driver screen. What do they call that? The virtual cockpit. Oh yeah. That's now right. that's one of the best features, isn't it? It is incredible. So for those guys listening who haven't seen this, what it does, is a, a, a 12 point something inch screen replaces all of your gauges in the cluster so you don't have a real dial on anything it is a screen and the beauty of that is, is you can change what you're looking at so if you are following navigation instructions the whole screen basically becomes your nav screen with two little gauges down at the bottom so you can still see your speed and revs uh, and then if you are driving more enthusiastically uh, in inverted commas then you can have more uh, enlarged gauges and better driver information so 
it, this really has got to be the future of cars, isn't it, really? You know, you have the purely variable uh, information entertainment systems. Yep, absolutely. And, it, and it's not crap. Uh, some manufacturers that have LCD displays um, are, are very average because they use a, a, a not great video card. This has an NVIDIA video card, 60 frames a second. So that's pretty it, good. So it refreshes perfectly. And 12 inches, I thought 12 inches was bigger than that. But anyway, that's <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Very good. We can talk about this in the next break if you like. Do you want someone to have a chat to? Where's fine. that ruler? Yeah. Mm. We've already Is it from the tip. We've all... yeah. <laughs> I'm always confused. No, I'm it's so not a competition. We boys. are not Come on. conversation. <laughs> Who am I kidding? It's How dare you sully the name of Fender Bender with this vile smut? Oh, please do carry on. Why break the habits of a lifetime? Um, now, my problem with this car is, as you quite rightly say, four cylinder turbocharged two litre. It's got plenty of plenty of go. The handling I thought was fantastic. The handling is not compromised to be too sporty. Yep. The ride is still very nice. Um, plenty of steering feel. Look, I liked everything about it. My problem is this. We've got the TTS coming, which is yep. a hotter version, which no doubt will have a firmer ride. It'll have more performance. It'll be better around the twisty bits and it'll be quicker. Do we really need that? Uh, I, I don't think so. This was really great. It was That's not underdone at, in any way, and I would not feel compromised buying it. You can get it with an S-Line uh, pack for $89,000, and that really sort of makes it look pretty schmick with two large air intakes, bigger wheels, and, and you know, yep. cool seats as well. So I, I wouldn't even bother spending the extra money. That's kind of what I think. Yeah. But you know what happened? We are petrol heads. We're motor journalists. Oh, yeah. It'll come along and we'll go, oh, well, this is amazing. Well, yeah. Obviously, we obviously need the we'll CTS. <laughs> yeah, totally. As long as someone pays. And let's go one step further into the future. future. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are probably going to get a TTRS. Absolutely. Which, you say it correctly, is TTRs. Yeah, TTRs. Yeah. Uh, and, or TIT. <laughs> That's not even go there. Anyway, yeah, moving on. That will be an even more powerful. Look, it's not been confirmed yet, but if it does happen, it's likely going to share the powertrain and engine of the RS3, which has been confirmed. Yep. Uh, Now that's a five-cylinder, two and a half litre. It's got about squillion horsepower, is or whatever it is, Uh, and that is very likely to go into a coupe, and it will come here just like the last TTRS did, and that will go a stage further. See, same question, guys. Do we need that? I think it depends where you're going to use it. And let's face it, most people are going to buy these cars and probably be stuck doing horrible things like driving to work. Yeah. Uh, and to have a little bit of uh, accessible power on the weekend, like you say, the standard car does that. You know, it's quick enough, hmm. certainly, and it's a lot of fun to drive. Uh, if you're maybe heading to the racetrack, you might want to look at a TTS or a TTRS. And we're yeah, not in... It's limited appeal, you know. We're not in California either, so you can't drive to work with the roof down. It's just sort of cold most I of would. the time. I would. I would. Yeah, yeah. I would live the roads to life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. The only time the top would be up is <laughs> it was hailing. It has to be, yeah. And <laughs> even then it would have to be hailing dismembered frogs <laughs> yeah, to really okay. make me want to put the roof up. was the last time it did that in Melbourne, actually? <laughs> uh, you remember sure that time? It, it, yeah. The uh, Arctic Vortex didn't happen last week? I'm not sure. No, probably not. It's Melbourne. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. But I'm the same. I am I am one of those cocks that you see driving around with the roof yep. down no matter what. But tell you there's only one thing worse than that is that person if you want this person listening i'm talking to you right uh 27 degrees clear yep. blue skies yep. and you've got the roof up and the air conditioning on you have you a should, problem you yeah. need your convertible Hand license revoked yes. there should be a test you should have a test to go through to own a yep. convertible and it's and it's a serious environmental yep. and they slowly make it colder and they slowly make it rainier and darker <laughs> and the moment that you put the roof up then they go mm, right this one could be a good one and then you get granted your convertible license that's right yes. yeah absolutely. i like the system uh, i drove immediately after the quattro uh, the tt quattro roadster i drove the bmw 228 convertible and I didn't like it anywhere near as yep. much as the as the TT. So there we go. It gets the fender bender stamp of, of approval. We like it, do we? 
I love it. Superb. Oh, we're going to have another little break, but when we come back, Kez is going to be talking to us about a car he drove. Something pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you say that. You say that, but it has, it has its own set of attributes, and it's I got, can't... It's got a great set of attributes, actually. It, ooh, lovely. Well, I can't uh, wait you, to hear about You're the, curious now, aren't you? Stick around. This is Fender Banner on Joy 94.9. Before the break, we were talking about fabulous, exotic sports cars and driving fabulously fast. And now, Kez... We're going to talk about exactly the opposite. No, no, this is not fair. This is not fair. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm he looks shattered. Here we go. Toyota Orion. Toyota Orion. Right. Which probably means more to a lot more people than an AMG GT How? or an Audi TT, purely based on volume. <laughs> Let's face it, uh, the Orion, and I'm driving the ATX, which is the entry-level model. Uh, it's going to be purchased by a lot of fleets. A lot of people are going to be driving these, maybe not by choice, uh, but by circumstance. <laughs> Uh, it's important to know what you're getting into. Uh, and ultimately, you're not getting into anything too bad. Really? Really. Okay, well, let's let's pick its good points right. then. So it's a little bit utilitarian, yes. Uh, yeah. It may not be the flashiest thing in the world. Um, now, as you know, the Camry was upgraded a little bit earlier this year, and along with that, the Orion was as well. Orion didn't get the huge sort of sweeping range of changes that Camry did. So it looks a lot like it used to. It's got a different grille. It's got some, you know, uh, brighter trim inside, um, keyless start and a few things like that. But overall, it's solid. It's incredibly comfortable. You could do 500 Ks at the wheel of this thing and get out and be fine and dandy. It, you know, it doesn't have the glamorous thing. And to make matters worse, mine's metallic beige, which is oh, cute. Oh, you know, lovely. A little bit... Um, Does it have a grey interior? It doesn't have a grey interior. It's actually got a very, very fetching charcoal interior. Charcoal. That's all right. That's wow. fine. They're, That's fine. Black interior is the best. They don't age. It has uh, cloth trim. So, you know, no leather, no suede, nothing too fancy. But it's durable. Um, if you've got kids, if you've got pets, if you've got to put stuff in and out of the back seat, it's going to hold up to that pretty well. Uh, the back a, seat? That's a, it's big, isn't it? The back seat is big and it's deceptively Guys, big. keep it clean. <laughs> Have you ever tried to put three kids' seats in the back of oh, the car? sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um, or, you know, mind if, in the gutter If you've again. got a, 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 a golden retriever that likes to stretch out in the back seat, he'll love it. But it's, like I say, all right, when it's nobody's pin-up car. Uh, you wouldn't have maybe had it on your bedroom wall. Well, you wouldn't have because it's only been around for 10 years or so. Uh, but we have young listeners. It, we do have young listeners. Hopefully, they're not putting an Orion on their wall. I'm going <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm to put it out there. But it is, it's, it's dependable. Utoda has a reputation for quality. Uh, I think you see that in the build of this thing. You know, it is solidly built. It's really nicely put together. They have a grasp on which which kills me every time and I, they made a point of this about two or three generations of Camry ago uh, the interior was designed with places to stow a mobile phone uh, believe it or not that is one of my pet hates because I don't like to sit on my phone I like to take it out of my pocket and put it somewhere in the car there isn't a spot in so many cars for a mobile mm. phone the Orion is designed and it m might not take every single phone in existence considering some are kind of tablets now but you know you can put your phone in it you can t put two bottles of drink and they're not in the way of the gear shifter you can you know easily stow your bits and pieces it's got an enormous glove box it's got an enormous center console they're not 
glamorous marketing ploys their actual practical things and let's let's face it you know obviously i would say the majority of people listening to this show are car enthusiasts mm. but a vast proportion of the australian public and the global public for that matter are not car enthusiasts they just look at a car that is a necessary evil and when you present them with a car like the orion which does everything very well yep. and decides to not go for the glamorous you know and the car enthusiast target then this is the product you end up with. And it is, it's a very good, very accomplished car. As you say, you, why, would, wh- why would they sell so many of them if it was in any way really that, that yeah. dull? It's just, it's just a, a really car, good all-round you know, car. You might drive it for work and, and it does the job. It's yeah. a, you know, yep. you know it's, it's, it has a purpose, absolutely. Um, and that shows in, you know, in its design and in its specification and things like that. But that's not a bad thing for it. Absolutely right. And you know what we're going to do now? We're going to go straight back to talking about the really expensive and fabulous things. I, it, it's actually just by chance that this has happened, right? We haven't you know, planned to talk so much Mercedes. Yes. If David <laughs> McCarthy is listening, who is a, a big presence at Joy 94.9, he's going to be very pleased with us because he is the head PR and communications uh, manager at Mercedes-Benz Australia. <laughs> uh, this one's for you, Macca. Paul, I, I'm currently driving the Mercedes-Benz S500L. Now, to to the untrained listener, um, that is an S-Class that measures 5.246 metres in length. So that is big enough. You could actually park it in three separate states yes. at once. Yeah, yeah, it comes with several postcodes, and I had to park it just outside the city because it doesn't do turns. <laughs> well, look, it, it's actually uh, the, the big Mercedes-Benz, and it comes with their phenomenal 4.7-litre twin-turbocharged V8 engine, which is arguably the, the pick of any Mercedes in their range. It is such a great engine. I recently drove the S600, which is the, the turbocharged V12, which was you know, a, a stonker in comparison, but this nestles, nestles in nicely at that $311,000 mark. Um, it produces 335 kilowatts of power. And nice. I think the most staggering part is 700 newton metres of torque. This is wow. just adequate, I would say. I adequate. mean, it is, it is great. And inside the cabin, you don't hear a thing. So that engine just works away and pumps along nicely. Uh, 4.8 seconds to 100. And literally, it is like a lounge chair. You know, on, on planes, how you got those uh, the winglets on your heads that, that support your head when you try and sleep? Yeah. This has those. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, if you want to do that, you you can, if you want. So, what does it drive like? I mean, this car is predominantly created for people in the back. Absolutely. So, it it is created for people in the back, and as a result of that, most of the fun stuff happens in the back. So, as a backseat passenger, it's great. The ride is beautiful. Um, This one isn't as great as the last one that I drove, courtesy of the bigger wheels. So, it is slightly more intrusive in the cabin, but that that fact aside, the air suspension levels everything out. The driver is just laden with technology there's two huge 12 point again something inch screens in front of you so it is literally like an arcade game just in front of the driver um it is it's quite amazing you can just do everything at the touch of a button voice commands as well that are that are spot on and perfect you can read out addresses it'll take you there so very cool so why would someone buy the i love this you know mercedes they look at the one above it and go all right we've got a six liter v12 it's not really powerful enough though is it i know we'll whack a couple of turbochargers on it why would anyone buy that over what you're driving at the moment? And then we'll go a bit further. We'll say, why would anyone buy a Maybach? Because the Maybach yes. now is based on the S-Class That's right. more than ever than it used to be. This is the fabulously expensive $600,000 worth, I believe. Yeah. Um, so so why would someone buy the S500 as opposed to the... So the 500 used to be a naturally aspirated V8, and it really wasn't that great. So the, the V12 was really the only serious option. Now that the V8 is turbocharged... It makes the V12 fairly redundant, so you do get some extra features, but it also comes with a bigger price tag, more fuel consumption, 
and a V12 badge. So I guess you really are just paying for that. And it's so close to Maybach money that you would kind of just get the Maybach because it is a bigger car and it, it comes with that prestigious brand and image. Cool. Well, uh, yes, this car is going to do very well in China. Yes. People love, um, yeah, particularly the Chinese market, they love uh, being driven everywhere. It's, yes. just, it's, a, it's a big status thing there. So large Mercedes, large European cars with lots of room in the back do very well there. Will it do very well here, though? I think it's a small market segment. You've got things like BMW 7 Series, Audi's A8, uh, Jaguar XJ uh, that it runs up against. They're all pretty impressive cars. Yeah. Um, I think my favourite's the A8. Yeah, out really. Of, out of that group. Yeah. It's I'm so really... funny. I, I love this because, wow. first of all, I'm a bit nervous with Kez talking about Mercedes. Old habits die hard. And then also it's great <laughs> because he's now just said he likes an Audi better than a Mercedes. Actually, to be honest, I think I like the S8 is uh, yeah, is, yeah. is the better way of putting it. But the S8 price-wise runs up against the S500, even though it's a little bit more powerful. Yeah. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I think for a lot of people, there is nothing better than a Mercedes. Yeah. You know, they will want that in their driveway. They want to be seen in that. They'll, you know, so it's it stands a very good chance of, of being, it's a very limited market for that type yeah. of car, but it stands a, a pretty good chance of being the most successful. And typically Mercedes owners are very loyal, aren't they? they you know, you're a yeah. Mercedes owner for life. And there's a good reason for that. You know, they've always made very good cars. They're very and dependable. Range. Extremely safe. Massive range, as mm. you say. My favourite thing to do when I have a car like the S-Class, which is a huge, luxurious vehicle. It applies the same to anything with a massive engine. Um, what I like to do is I will go out, and I don't have anywhere I need to go. I'll just go out with my phone that needs charging, and I'll sit in it, and I'll start it up, and I'll plug in my phone to charge. And just for that wonderful few moments, I realise I've got a 300-plus kilowatt phone charger. Yep. And that's all it's doing. It's just a little overkill. <laughs> I'm not using its navigation. I'm not using any of the comfort features. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I'm not doing business. I'm just charging my phone. You really get into this whole excess thing, don't you? I, it's yeah. part of my job, Kaz. I have to do this. Yeah. Look at all the emails coming in from the Greens. Yeah. No, oh, I'm yeah. ignoring them. I'm ignoring them. This is Fender Bender. We're car enthusiasts. You've tuned into the wrong show. Anyway, cars are always given a bad rap. They're pretty good, generally speaking. Gentlemen, I'm so sorry, but this is time for us oh, to say... Cheery hose once again. <laughs> Cheery, Cheery hose. I like saying that. <laughs> you can have that one. It's a British thing, but I feel we're branching out. You guys can say cheerio whenever Why you like. Why do you always talk about breakfast when it's time to go? I don't understand. <laughs> No, no, wrong, wrong type of oh, cheery no, ho. Right, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank okay. you so much to Kez Casey. Thank you, Dan. We'd love to have you back again soon. Uh, very good luck in your new expanded, modified role. Uh, and uh, we can't wait to hear all your coverage. And also, Paul, thank you so much for Thank you for having me. In. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Uh, it leaves me to just say thank you so much for listening. Stick around, though, because we've got the fabulous people from Technogaze coming up next. And you can always stay in touch with our social media, joy.org.au forward slash Fenderbender. Uh, and until next week, that remains for me to just say thank you so much for listening. And as always, do drive safely. This has been a Fender Bender podcast for Joy 94.9, Australia's first and only gay and lesbian radio station. See joy.org.au for more details. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.